Welcome to the Pomsky 101 podcast, the official podcast of the Pomsky Owners Association. Whether you're looking for that perfect Pomsky, trying to find a reputable breeder to bring a happy, healthy Pomsky puppy to your home, or already own a Pomsky and are struggling to raise and train the energetic, strong-willed Pomsky breed, this podcast is for you. The Pomsky 101 podcast brings you key insights, lessons, and tips from real Pomsky owners that have been in your shoes, finding and raising the perfect Pomsky. And here's your host, Jake, with the Pomsky Owners Association. Hello and welcome back to the Pomsky 101 podcast presented by the Pomsky Owners Association. I'm Jake, I'm your host, and I'm here to help you find, raise, and train the perfect Pomsky. Today we are going to cover a very important topic and that's how to teach your Pomsky to stop pulling on leash. Pomskis love to pull, they're just like Huskies, full of energy when they get on leash and really excited to go on a walk, they're going to pull you all over the place. They're going to yank you side to side, zigzagging back and forth, they're going to pull really hard, pull you all over the road. So this is a very important episode to teach your Pomsky not to pull when walking on leash. It is one of the biggest issues with the Pomsky breed so we're happy to bring you this audio today to teach your Pomsky not to pull when walking. But today, you are not going to hear from me. You are going to hear from our partner, Dan, otherwise known as Doggy Dan, the famous dog trainer from the online dog trainer team. The online dog trainer team was nice enough to give us this audio to share with our audience to train your dog to not pull on leash. Dan is a famous dog trainer. He's trained hundreds of thousands of dogs, including mine. I've used his content to train my dogs to not pull on leash. So I know that this method works, which is why I'm confident to share it with my audience here at the Pomsky Owners Association. And which is why I'm really happy that the online dog trainer team and Doggy Dan has been kind enough to let us use this audio to teach our audience. But before you begin, I recommend one thing, and that's that you head over to pomskyownersassociation.com slash course. Throughout this audio podcast, you will hear Dan reference some of his free videos and training videos. You can download that over at the link that I just mentioned, pomskyownersassociation.com slash course. It's a free download, and that's just so you can see what Dan is talking about. It's really hard to understand through an audio version. I mean, it's great to listen to, but it is much better if you see it in a video so you can see some actual examples if you go over to that link and download Dan's free videos that he mentions throughout this audio podcast. So that's the first thing you should do. But next, without further ado, here's Dan, otherwise known as Doggy Dan, the famous dog trainer from the online dog trainer team, teaching you how to train your Pomsky not to pull on leash. Hi there, I'm Doggy Dan from the Online Dog Trainer. Thank you for joining me here on this free audio coaching session, which is all about dogs and puppies who pull on the leash, one of the most common behavioral issues out there. It can be so frustrating when you don't know why they're doing what they're doing and you don't know what to do. And I've seen some absolutely nightmare situations with huge, strong, sometimes just small, but very stubborn dogs refusing to give in. I've worked with thousands of dogs. And so I can tell you, I know what I'm talking about. I know how to turn these dogs around. I've done it thousands of times before. And there's very little which phases me, whether it's a determined little eight-week-old Jack Russell or a big eight-year-old Rottweiler who's pulling your arm out of the socket This method works, and that's why I'm here. I'm here to share with you, to share the knowledge that I've got. I'm passionate about this. Hopefully, you can hear it in my voice. I just want to help you get to where you want to be with your dog and develop that wonderful relationship. I know you can do it. You just need to know how. So 
Stay tuned if you want to end up with the most amazing dog. This is the start of your journey. So may I suggest, go grab your favorite drink, get settled, get a uh, pen and paper as well, and let's get into it because there's loads coming up. Here's the deal. I'm going to give you 15 minutes of my best, and in that time, I'm going to go through two things. Firstly, I'm going to go through three of the most important, important steps that you need to be doing to set up a successful dog training program in terms of walking your dog properly on the leash. If you're not doing this stuff, you kind of might as well just give up. For many of you, you'll put this stuff in place and it will absolutely transform your dog. However, I also know that there's a lot of you who are going to go, I want more. I've got a more complicated situation than that. I want more information, more material, more videos. In fact, you probably want more on not just dogs who pull on the leash, but lots of other topics. And so at the end of this audio, I'll show you where you can get a ton more great information about dogs who pull on the leash, uh, more complicated situations than we've gone through here today, and every other dog behavioral issue out there. If you've got a puppy, you'll love it because it's effectively a complete puppy training program. It's the Aladdin's Cave, as I like to call it. It'll save you absolutely hundreds of dollars in your training. So stay tuned if you want to have an amazing dog who walks perfectly on the leash. The second thing I'm going to do is go through the key piece of the puzzle, which I guarantee you're missing with your dog training. And if that sounds interesting, well, it should, it should sound interesting because it's absolutely fascinating. When you realize you're missing one of the key pieces, then you'll understand why everything has been so tricky. And it doesn't need to be. It's, this is the bit which absolutely changed my relationship with dogs. It's changed the way I train dogs. It's changed my life, to be quite honest, in many, many ways. And of course, you'll find out how to put it in place in your own life at the end of this audio. So stay tuned. Right. Let's get into it. The first step of training your dog to walk properly or nicely on the leash is what I call calming your dog down. It's basically the way to get off to a perfect start. It's something which often goes so wrong for so many of us. What usually happens is this. We think about going for a walk. We pick up the lead. And by that point, our dog is already up and jogging around. They're looking at us and they're getting more excited. Now, if you think of an energy scale of 1 to 10, where 1 is your dog very calm and relaxed, and 10 is your dog absolutely hyper, your dog has probably already gone from a 1 up to a 4 or a 5. They're looking at you to see if you go and get your shoes or your trainers. And once you put your trainers on or your keys or your jacket, your dog is jumping around at a level 6. They've gone up. And then you pick up the leash. And you bring it towards your dog. They're at a seven at this point. And of course, most of us just put the lead on the dog. They're at an eight at this point. And then as you head out the door, they're at a nine. You go through the, um, through the door and down the drive at a level 10, through the garden gate. So you've already got this dog who's at a level 10 out of 10. They're absolutely going through the roof. Now, it's very hard to train a dog who's at a level 10. Now, yours might only be at an eight or nine, but that is still way too high. If you work backwards, what we really want is our dog to be at a level one because that's the time, that's the place that they can actually focus and listen and learn. So if you work backwards, you want your dog to be at a one as they go through the gate, one down the drive, one in the house. And so really when you pick up the lead, rather than putting the lead on your dog when they're at this level five and still jumping around, you want to wait, wait until they calm right down. Now, you may be thinking, I don't have time, but you do have time if you make it. I'm not talking, you don't have to wait you know, hours and hours and hours. If you practice this on a weekend day, Saturday or Sunday, when you've got the time, your dog will soon get the hang of it. The lead only goes on your dog when they are calm. 
And this is the way you progress. You keep checking in with your dog. You look at your dog and you say, is my dog calm? If your dog is calm, then you progress. You put the lead on, you may stand up, and then you may start walking around the front room a little bit. And you take it in stages like this. Don't just charge out the house, regardless of whether your dog is hyper and excited, because they'll just be way too excited by the time you get to the garden gate. And if your dog's not calming down, here's a little tip. Postpone the walk. Put the, take the lead off. Put the lead down. And this is if you're inside the house, not if you're on the street, of course. And you just wait for your dog again to calm down. You'd be amazed how quickly they can calm down. This is the first stage of getting your dog off to a perfect start on the walk. You've got to be doing this bit. If you're not aware of what's going on here, you're, yeah, you're, you're missing out. Now, you know, this, this stuff is always easier to watch on videos. And I'm tempted to kind of say, hey, talk about the videos. There are videos of this. And this is what I want to share with you at the end where you can find all this stuff out. But I'm going to hold back other than saying that there are videos of this. And it will make it a whole lot more sense because we've got to move on. We've got to move on to point number two. This is where many, many people get confused. It's the structured and the social walk. You might think, what am I talking about? Well, there's two aspects to the walk. It's not just all a walk. Some of it is structured and some of it is social. Structured? Well, let me do social first. Social is where your dog is allowed to sniff and pee and go where they want. Maybe they're off-leash, they're running around, or they've got a long, long lead, they're on one of those extendable 10-meter cables, or you know, they're, they're burning calories, burning fat, having fun, stimulating their brain and socializing and playing. That's the walk. They're running around the park or in the sea. That's what we call the walk. But hang on, what do we call the stuff when your dog is meant to be by your side? Well, we just call it the walk. And yet they're completely different. I mean, sure, one is off-leash and one is on-leash, but I think they get really blurred. All you need to do is differentiate them very clearly. The structured is where you are convincing your dog that you are in charge. This is where your dog is nearly always on the lead, and it's where we use the word walk or the word heel, and we're trying to get them to walk by our side and not pull ahead. It's where we're trying to get them to understand. When we stop, they've got to stop. When we turn, they've got to turn. This is the structured walk. And the social is when your dog is allowed to kind of go and do what they want to do. They're free to go and play and, and stuff. Of course, there's still boundaries. They're not allowed on the roads. They're not allowed to go and attack other dogs. They can't do whatever they want. But they're sort of free to go and meander and pee and sniff and do that sort of stuff. Now, the important thing is this. Both the social and the structured parts of the walk or the aspects of the walk are important. However... They need to be. They need to um, be separate. They can't merge into one. You need to differentiate when it's structured, when it's social, and the most important bit is this: you decide when it changes, not your dog. Don't let your dog bully you into letting them have a sniff and a pee and wander over into the grass. No, that should only happen when you decide. Now, this might sound strict, but if you don't do it this way, most or a lot of strong dogs will bully you into it becoming all social you're walking down the road and they're meant to be walking by your side but the next thing you know oh they're pulling you into the bushes so make sure it's you that's deciding when it changes over and on one little walk you could change you know five or ten times you might do three minutes of structured walk then give your dog a bit of freedom and let them sniff and pee then put them back on structured then have a little bit more social time maybe at the park you let them off for 20 minutes then you put them on structured again as you walk home it's that sort of thing you can decide how many times it happens but it's your decision not your dog's 
in a nutshell, that is the structured and social walk, and it's where so many people fall down. It explains whether you should allow your dog to have a pee and sniff, that sort of thing. The answer is if it's structured, no. They shouldn't be sniffing and peeing and stopping and doing what they want on structured only when you kind of allow them to. Now, of course, when you first start the walk, of course, if your dog is bursting for the toilet, give them a good opportunity to go toilet, walk over to a bit of grass and say, okay, go weebies or whatever, stand there for a minute or two, make sure they're happy, and then go, right, now we are walking, and make sure walking is what they do. Well, time flies when you're having fun, and we are, we've got to move on because we're all, already on to point number three. Now, you may have heard in that last section, that last step, that I said you should decide what, when, when everything happens. You're basically in charge. The structure bit is very much you deciding, hey, focus on me. I'm the pack leader. I'm in charge. You've got to do what I say. Now, this is where a lot of people are actually running into trouble because they're not actually the pack leader in their dog's eyes. In the dog's eyes, the dog has been running the show inside the house. And then you try and come out the house and try and take control of the walk. And there is no way you're going to win. So point number three is actually this. You have to become the pack leader. If you're not the pack leader, and I virtually, I don't mean this in a derogatory way. I almost guarantee 99.9% .9 of you listening to this are not the pack leader. Guarantee it. And I can say this because I've worked with thousands and thousands of people. And, they, you know, a lot of them did think they were until we went through some basic stuff. And they went, oh, my goodness, didn't know what I was doing. The lady that I worked with today is a classic example of someone who, she was a lovely lady, but she was convinced she was in charge. She was convinced that the dog knew she was the pack leader. However, I went through some very simple stuff inside the house with her before I took a dog for a walk. And then when I picked up the lead to take the dog for a walk, the dog, Charlie, was a completely different dog with me. And she couldn't believe it because I didn't actually have to train him. He already knew how to walk nicely on the leash. And a good example of this is, you know, a lot of dogs, you say to them, heal or walk inside the house, and they will walk beautifully. They totally know how to walk by your side inside the house, in the back garden. They can do it. They understand what that word means. But when you're walking down the street, there is no way they will do it. They edge ahead. They're always a yard ahead. They're always pulling. They're always, you know, fighting you. It's like you're always swimming against the stream. You're always struggling with them. And this is because you haven't sort of won their mind. And if you don't win your dog's mind, then you can never sort of train that body. It's that order. You have to win the mind first, then you can train the body. So if you're struggling with your dog and you feel like there's something missing, this is what I'm talking about. This is the missing piece of the jigsaw puzzle. This is what I show people for you know, hundreds and hundreds of dollars, to be honest, when I do a one-on-one -on -one consultation, showing them how to win the dog's mind inside the house so that the walking on the leash becomes really easy. that does it thank you dan for teaching us how to train our pomskis to not pull on leash that was a great episode with a ton of great information about training your pomsky thank you dan and the online dog trainer team for giving us this audio and letting us share it with the pomsky owners association audience this is a very important topic one of the biggest problems with the pomsky breed is them pulling on leash non-stop relentlessly so this is a very important podcast that will help you teach your pomsky to not pull on leash and again to get those videos that dan mentioned throughout the audio 
You can go back to your podcast directory, look in the show notes for this episode. We'll post the link there so that you can quickly get over there and download the free video series that Dan has mentioned to watch in person as Dan trains a dog to walk on leash and not pull. Very important to see the video to go along with this audio. It's highly important. So you can get that at pomskyownersassociation.com slash training course. Or go back to the show notes for this episode and you can download it right there. We'll, we'll include the link in the notes for this podcast. So thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed that episode. Hope you enjoyed the audio from Dan. I think it's a great topic. I think it's a great podcast episode. So thank you for listening and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode and I look forward to helping you find, raise, and train the perfect Pomsky. Pomsky.